Nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. She was probably at interpretative dance class at the library that February 15th. Okay, that both describes a lovely pre-pandemic winter day for Kathy, and also <laughs> it's many, many examples of what we're going to talk about today. Now, I don't know what this is actually called that we're going to talk about, but I'm pretty sure I know what we're getting at here. It's kind of all those double sounds that sometimes you end up skipping over or sort of mushing into each other in some of these words. So like probably often becomes probably and library. Sometimes people say library. And also uh, the hardest one for me is February, which you can hear right there. I kind of just mush that together and sort of do a February instead of February or February. Fletcher, you're a genius. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> we bow before you. <laughs> when, when in doubt, just kind of fudge it. Um, you, you actually <laughs> interpreted it completely correctly. The only ah, thing brilliant. you didn't mention was the name of the was the word that actually describes what it is, and you admitted you didn't know it. Most people don't know it. That word, the descriptive term, is called haplology, which actually is itself what we're going to talk about. It, and it refers to taking out if you have two syllables that sound sort of alike. What happens naturally in English sometimes is one of those syllables is chucked away, and you get only one sound instead of two of the same sounding sort of thing. It comes from the Greek uh, haplous, which is same, and logi, which is uh, word. Or simple, I mean. Haplous would be simple. And you're cutting out one of the same sounds. It's, it's spelled H-A-P-L-O-L-O-G-Y. And the thing with haplology is, as I was saying, the, the word itself is, is sort of descriptive of, of, what, it's, of what it's about. Because haplology is hard to say because you've got the la-la in there. Haplology, which... So a lot of people actually, linguists always like joke about it and call it haplogy as a joke because it's, it's, it's in itself difficult to pronounce. We do it a lot and we do it probably, we don't really know why it happens because sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But it probably happens, like Kathy just said, because it's easier to say the word haplogically rather than, than non-haplogically. And we have a great example with, um, in English actually, pacifism technically should be pacificism but the one of those sounds dropped out and we have pacifism i was thinking of pasta <laughs> i just wanted to say one thing that impressed me fletcher when you did our sample sentence was in you said interpretative <laughs> i can't no i can't do and that is i never have said that in my life i've always said interpretive I never say that technically correctly. The first seven times I looked at this sentence, I said interpretive in my head. And then I just, I was reading through it very slowly to make sure that I knew what I was doing here before we spoke. And I noticed that there was an extra syllable in there. And so that's why I said it that way. <laughs> but I never would have had I not, had I not been paying very close attention to this sentence beforehand. I would have said interpretive. Absolutely. Your confession makes yeah. us feel better. Your confession. Because I never have said interpretative. I don't think I even knew it was. I think I just. I didn't know that was a word. Well, I knew it was a word, but I think I would just. I would never have said it. I mean, I would have spelled it correctly, but I would never have pronounced it correctly. The interesting thing, generally, the the clearest example of haplology is in adverbs, 
um, you know how you add an ly most often, and words that have that end with le like gentle or able. When you add the ly, it get it would get confusing. It would be like gentlely, ablely, and that is almost impossible to say, which is that through haplology, we've gotten gently and ably. And that's a case where it's not a question of just the pronunciation. The word itself has changed due to this. Oh. There's another sort of subset. What do you do with something like silly? You don't say sillily. We don't. But we don't have really a haplological. Sillily? Don't you? I, he did never. that sillily. I would never no. say that. No one says that. I would say in a silly manner. And that tends to be an answer also in the sense we don't we don't put sillily in. We don't do haplology either. We just chuck in manner in a silly manner. I would never say sillily. He did that sillily. Or uglily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just think about friendlily. <laughs> la, 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 la. No, he did that in a friendly manner is what we would say in that case. Again, we throw in manner so we can avoid that problem. And again, it shows the problem with the, the idea behind haplology, which seems to be mostly making sounds easier. I just want to point out that I've, out of curiosity, I just checked it in the OED, and they have syllily as a word. I thought that I, I, they did. But I would never say it. Yeah, it's probably a word, but yeah, who's who's going to say that? Well, their their example is from the Independent in 2011. I'm going to see, no, I want to see a syllily. I think I've, I think I've seen it. I don't think I've ever said it. But I think I have seen it in, 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 in print. Look it up in Google and Graham. Here's The Guardian a week ago. I'm interested in silly things taken seriously and seri serious things taken sillily. Sillily. <laughs> GQ, if you're not wearing your boxers or shorts. When it comes to wearing your own sillily short shorts, so it's, it's, it's out there. But I think you've betrayed yourself common. because you can't even say it that well. So, I mean... Right, that's what I'm saying. I can see it in print more than, than pronounced. Uh-huh. So are there... Uh, look back at the sentence that we had, um, or maybe just anything you can think of off the top of your head. Are there any of these that you do on a regular basis that maybe aren't exactly right? I, Me, personally, I say probably all the time. All the time. I don't... I mean, I do say probably, whatever. I say that, too. But I... but. Uh, in casual conversation, I'm saying probably all the time. And then uh, February, I don't actually even know how I should be pronouncing it. I I agree with you. I also say, I say library. I go to the library pretty much every day, and I always say I'm going to the library. I know I, you know, it isn't pronounced that way, but I do do, do it. I'm going to the library. I know it. I, the, I do a lot, actually. I definitely, I don't do library. I, do, I definitely do probably, probably. I don't think I've ever said probably, unless I was saying it very slowly. And that's the whole thing, though. I think a lot of it is like dependent upon when, you know, your conversation. If you're talking quickly, you'll just go, yeah, probably. But then you might say, like, yes, I would probably do that. But I'm not going to say probably. I am going to say probably if I'm giving a speech, though. But the, with February, I'm sort of curious. I say February. I just realized. I just said it automatically. Say it again? February. So you do put the R in there. I do. I just realized it. I never knew I yeah. did, but I do. I definitely do. I say February. How do you say it, Fletcher? I sort of I sort of mush it. Um, it's it's more like February. Uh, I mean the R's in there, but it's not. I don't really pronounce it that hard. I don't say February, which a lot of people do. And I I mean I think it's fine. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with saying February. I don't look at people weird when they do. It's probably even a, a proper pronunciation at this point. Um, but but I do I guess try to slip the R in there just a little bit. I just wanted to point out, Ross, you 
when you keep talking about haplology a few times, when you said haplo, you you're actually you haplogizing haplology a few times. I've I've heard you, which is interesting. That is interesting, and that reminds me that when Fletcher said words changing, we, haplology still has that extra lo. We do have a word where uh, a word where haplology completely changed, like really radically changed the word, and that is Kathy's favorite. Ampersand. Oh, <laughs> like, which is my favorite. I forgot ampersand. Ampersand is one of my favorites. Because ampersand actually comes from, it, it's it's the thing. You know what an ampersand is, the and sign thing. And, and it's referred to as a, but it actually came from and per se. It's what, and per se and, right? And per se and. Yeah. It has a weird history because it actually derives from an ancient Roman um, sort of ligature, an ancient Roman abbreviation for ET, which is et, which is and in Roman. Usually in earlier English dictionaries in the, in the 1800s, after Z, the ampersand came. And when you were describing ampersand, you would go, if you're doing the alphabet, you would, if you said and at the end of Z, you're not sure, does it mean like and something else or does it mean you're describing this symbol? So you would say and per se, i.e. and coming up. Do you see what I'm saying or not? You're saying literally and is a symbol here, not as and. So you're going and per se and in other words, and this thing and is here. So you're having two ands, and then you then you basically put it into that, that that symbol. So people would stick that symbol at the end of the entire alphabet, and when you were saying the entire alphabet, you'd say like W X Y Z and per se and to 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 note that mm. finality there. Exactly, you're saying mm. to note that that you're saying that and symbol as a symbol. You're not saying and something else coming up. That's right. Right. It's sort of cool in that sense. Yeah, that is cool, and and so that became and per se and, and then over time it became an ampersand. Right. Correct. And it's sometimes you actually see it in old books. If you guys ever noticed that and symbol with a C, do you ever see that? Yeah. Or yeah, 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 mm -hmm. definitely. Well, that mm -hmm. in that case, you have, that's not ampersand. In that case, the ampersand is standing for the ET, the old Latin right. ET and. So you right. have et cetera, you have, instead of having ET, you have the ampersand and then the cetera symbol. So I assume that this sort of thing happens uh, in pretty much every language. Absolutely, because I remember when I was looking at it, I don't have it in front of me now, there were lists of it, but I mean, I, I know German, there was, I, you just, yeah, it's everywhere. I just want to say, though, in terms of English, one place that fascinated me that it seems to come up a lot is in um, so, a lot of scientific words. And the one Ross actually had found, and it never occurred to me, um, you know the, the thing that you use to take your blood pressure? The uh, sphig sphigmomanometer. <laughs> okay, that, yeah. <laughs> Say it again. I, I always <laughs> said sphigmomanometer, but I don't know <gasps> if it's... You, Fletcher, you, you, I, I think that we should let you just do the podcast without <laughs> us from here on in. Yeah, that's it. You said it correctly, sphigmomanometer. <laughs> and most people say, I know Ross and I talked about it because we didn't thought about it. Both of us have always said sphigmomom... I can't even do it. We don't do it the right way. We would say sphigmometer is what I said. Sphigmometer, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. like thermometer. Yeah, yeah. thermometer. Right. And the other one that that n never occurred to me is urine analysis. It's like you say urinalysis. Yeah, but that one I mean, has become now urinalysis. Yeah, okay. But Fletcher asked for examples in haplology, and I have to say this was really interesting. As early there is, I found I can't find it right now, but I was looking at it the other day, as early as Hittite times, and there's a there's a giant dictionary of Hittite which is an ancient language in King Tut's time. 
but it was on Anatolian area. There were examples of haplology. So it's it's basically in a long historic sort of thing. And there there's one in Latin. Um, technically, nurse should be nutritrix, but it became nutrix in Latin. Ancient Greek has it. Yeah, it's it's all over the joint. Well, you figure it makes sense because we go back to as we've done with other um, uh, types of things that like it's hard to uh, you, one the tendency is to make things easy for our mouths, and I mean so of course since ancient times we've been you know people are saying I can't say that easily so I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're saying it in Hittite. <laughs> it's all people speaking the language, whatever language it is. I mean, it's people doing it, right? And so we're going to do yeah. what's going to make it a little bit easier while we're speaking probably pretty quickly sometimes. And now that reminds exactly. me, I'm going to throw a couple of words out. Kathy and I had an argument. Were these haplology or not? And Kathy vehemently denied they were and then pronounced them with a haplological intonation. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> let's ask Fletcher a few of them. Okay, Fletcher, you made a mistake. You made an E-R-R-O-R. -R -R. What do you say? Error. Okay, he pronounces it. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're serving on a jury, your R-A. <laughs> it's from my movie. The Ruhr Juror has a limited release next week. Oh, congratulations. I didn't know they had a release date for the Ruhr. Juror. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Now, since you're, you this... are a rural juror. I can't yes. say it. Um, okay, you look in a M-R-R-O-R, -R -R, say it. A mirror. Fletcher doesn't do it, Cat. Well, that's because he's a radio guy, so he's always pronouncing. Yeah, that's I mean, why. I mean, kinda, he's a cheater. But I never, I mean, I never, I never, I never said air or mirror. Here's one, Cat. This is the one that you got, Kat, that you did, you did do, even though you didn't do and it. And I insisted I hadn't. Yes. T-H-E-R-E-A-R-E. That's the one that I did, and I insisted I hadn't, and then I listened to myself, and I had. Okay, Fletcher, try that one. I, I w if I were, yeah, in conversation, I would say there are, there, there are three. Yeah. There, there are three. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a tiny little uh, sort of ramp, <laughs> but but I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't say there are when I'm just speaking. No. Ross had said there are, and I said nonsense. There's no way that's a haplology. And, I, and then I kept using the term, and he pointed out that I was haplologizing it the whole time, so that we added that to our little list. Yeah, I think that one, yeah, I definitely do that all the time. There, mm. there. There. And the other one is where are. I would say where, where are seems even more so. Where are, yeah. where, where are they going? Where are the, where are the, yeah. where are the, yeah, it's, where I think the... in my head it's a contraction though. I'm doing it, I, I think, I don't feel like I'm apologizing as much as I'm apostrophizing, I'm putting an apostrophe it feels and like, a contraction. Yeah, it feels like me. there's a, a slight veer right or, you know, like you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're driving down the road and you're supposed to take a, a slight veer to the right, you know, it's just a very, yeah, yeah. very slight, but it's, but it's there. Yeah, like bear a little right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go bearer. <laughs> bear, bearer. I I would say bear. Like I'm the bearer of bad news. There's barely a. Yeah. There's barely a, a sound in there beyond the the R at the end of bear. Yeah, it's like a longer R though. I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? But just barely. I it's mean, not it's, completely like bear, but it's bearer. Yeah. It's yeah. Barely there. <laughs> but the most important one, because this is gonna, we know about England. I mean, England is actually the. I was just gonna say English. Uh, English. English if you will, but the word England actually was apologized. It was Engoland, Engloland, and it became, it, it became England instead. Oh, because it is, it's Ang Angloland in French, essentially, right? Right, but the, I was just going to say, because the examples from Eng from Engoland, I always like, we've talked about like some of them before, but like that, um, which street is it, Ross, that became Cannon Street through haplology? Oh, um, it was uh, Candlelight Street. Uh, 
Candlewright Street. Yeah. A street originally called Candlewright Street became Cannon Street. Cannon? Yes, in England. Oh, this is one of those things where they drop a whole lot of sounds, right? Yeah, that that sounds more yeah. like, I mean, it technically could have haplology in it, but it also sounds like it, it haplology distinctly means the similar sounds are dropped. Okay. Yeah, that's actually not haplology. That's not, in fairness. But, but now, Worcestershire is haplology. You just drop it. Because it would be Worcestershire, right? right? You're just dropping a whole bunch of them in in that case, right? Well, because there's too many s- 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 yeah. in there. But the problem with it is, I mean, it can get confusing. We're not really discussing the terms technically, but I mean, technically, you get all sorts of, like, what's it? Is it dissimulation? Is it syncope? Is it this? Is it that? And you can get into real difficulties. We're trying to really sort of focus on similar sounds, two in a row, one or two in a in a word. One of them is dropped which is basically what we're talking about right now, which we do all the time. Is this really something that's a, a problem in any way? It just seems like kind of a phenomenon. We don't, unless we're trying to learn a language, it doesn't seem like it really is going to trip us up very much. I actually don't think of it as a problem at all. I think it's just a thing. I think it's just something we do. I mean, granted, there's something, I mean, like, well, we go back to this figmama sure. And I mean, that is something that's, when I say it, I mispronounce it, obviously. But, um... I don't think there's anything wrong with it because I mean it's this is a case where I don't think you could be misunderstood when you do it. It's 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 more to me like a casual sort of, and as we said before, in certain cases the words themselves actually have changed, like gentle gentle or whatever, and as you guys said, you know sillily, which is technically right apparently. Thank you, Kathy. Um, isn't used because it just sounds isn't used widely because it just sounds so odd. So I, I don't think it's a problem. Not at all. I think the only area where it can be slightly a problem. And that comes with, I guess you would call it technically hyplography, which is the writing of double syllables. And I think that comes with the bugbear for me all the time is what do you do with uh, plural S? Because the S sound doubles when you have like, it's the Hastings's house. Mm, and the name is right. Hastings. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, now I am, I, am, I am one of those people who does S apostrophe S. I prefer that. I, and, and I know that a lot of people don't like it, and it, it's very difficult to pronounce. Yeah, and I guess the other time this would be a problem is if you're speaking to someone that you don't want to seem uh, overly casual while you're speaking with them. Mm-hmm. It's true. Here's something that I thought of. Uh, I, the reason I want to go back to interpretative. Uh, the reason I didn't know that was a word is because of the word preventive versus preventative. Because I don't think preventative is a word. I believe the word's preventive, but you see preventative all the time. And so I kind of just figured it was the same same thing. Uh, that's an interesting question. They're both adjectives. They can both be used in context. I think preventive is more frequently used, but I don't think technically preventative... <laughs> I just added one. Preventative is not... Um, I've always said preventative, oddly enough. This is why I'm fascinated by this, that Fletcher, you're saying you always use preventive. They're saying here preventive is slightly older, began in the 17th century. Preventative began in the late 17th century. But they're saying here they're both have been, preventive has always been more common than preventative. But they're both correct. Yeah, so I'm wrong. I was wrong about that part. I guess I just heard that one more, and I, I just assumed preventative was not a word because you don't preventate something, but uh, I think that was just a bad assumption on my part. Well, and there's a quote by John Russell Bartlett in his 1848 Dictionary of Americanisms 
stating that preventative is an Americanism and it's a corruption meant for preventive, <laughs> both in England okay. and America. <laughs> and it was... Ah, Americans are always corrupting everything. <laughs> and guys claimed that one was proper and one was not. There's been some softening in recent years in the opposition to preventative. However, some guides advise you to always focus using preventive for greater clarity. Miriam Webster says, find which word speaks to your heart. I think find which word speaks to your heart is just good life advice in general. <laughs> <laughs> but I still don't want to say sphygmomanometer. This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod or email me at Powell at KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that at your local independent bookstore. Order online if you have to. Also, be sure to check out Kathy and Ross's most recent book, Awkward Moments. That's word, like what we're talking about, awkward, W-O-R-D. Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. And, of course, Kathy and Ross have written a lot more. They're always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. The Irma Lerman Merman murder Turned the birds word lurid The war and the pearl Twirl a girl, she would the world would mirror the insurers of law for valor of your carry war. One fervent world of a turgid error.